0: Welcome to the New England Take WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, and NHtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to check out NHtalkradio.com to get all the back episodes of the show and links to our podcast feeds. Uh, you can find the New England Take on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Excited to have a returning guest to the show, uh, Kathleen Murphy. She's the superintendent of the Concord School District. How's it going?
1: Oh, it's great. Thank you for having me.
0: So it's been a very busy week, especially for the Concord School District, as uh, uh, masking is now optional at the Concord School District. As a just full disclosure to everyone that's listening, I actually have a second grader that goes to Abbott Downing Elementary here in Concord. So I have a vested interest in the uh, the status of the school district, and masking, ha- for especially for the K-4, through has been uh, something I've been very outspoken on, and I'm very thankful to see that there has been a change. Can you speak to... Uh, how this decision was made and what the current uh how it looks right now
1: well thank you um i we saw a lot of uh for the first time in a long time we saw a lot of smiling faces yes and so uh that brought a lot of joy to everyone when uh, the masks went optional uh right before february vacation as you know the uh, department of health and human services came out with some recommendations uh, supported by the governor's office as well as the department of ed um, indicating uh, the mask uh, there was there should not be a mask mandate that we should um, uh, have options for uh, families and uh, parents to decide whether the youngster should wear a mask or not. Uh, we certainly um, knew that that was going to, Um, happened. Uh, We had no, there was was really no decision making there. We had a requirement to do it and we have been very good about following the guidance, following recommendations through this whole two years of this pandemic. So that fit very nicely. It was interesting though, we still had a few days of school. So we had Thursday and when we had Friday, Friday we lucked out because it was a snowstorm and we didn't have school. But (laughs) But but before the board made that decision, and, and the board has been really active. They've been great players in this, trying to keep everyone informed, trying to make the decisions that's best for all families, all students. Um, they, their meeting was Monday night. So we had two days there where we were kind of in limbo, right? So uh, we just decided that um, if the youngsters wore masks, they wore masks. If they didn't, they didn't. We weren't going to be worrying about whether they were going to have a consequence if they didn't have their mask on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I, when I was out in the building on Thursday and Monday, it was amazing. They wore their masks. I have to tell you, we have great kids and, um, our, They just, they just went along with it. They knew the decision was going to be made Monday night. I had sent a letter out to families. And so the board uh, made a decision on Monday night just sort of supported all of the recommendations and masks became optional. I sent a note out immediately Monday yeah, night. I got that. Uh, did you? And it was yeah. a quick note, but I, I put the note out and got it out to the family so that the youngsters knew they didn't have to, including buses. We weren't sure mm-hmm. about buses, but I think it was February 25th, CDC made a ruling that we didn't have to have them on bus school buses. There were a couple of places where we still have you know we have to look at and the one mm-hmm. is if somebody is a positive case they're home for five days and they're in quarantine or they're in isolation um when they return to school the recommendation is that they wear their mask for those five days after so day six through ten they would wear their mask um it's a recommendation it's yeah.
0: not a mandate, so. yeah that's the confusing aspect to it at this yeah. point is is like all the data right now shows if you're not wearing a a K95, KN95 mask, right. those things aren't doing much anything anymore. The CDC right. has finally said like, yeah, the, these, um, right. these disposable masks that 90% of people are wearing, these cloth ones, especially the cloth ones, like they don't do anything. They might right. prevent you from giving it to other people by a percentage that they're unsure of. Um, and then the second a kid goes to eat his lunch, I mean, ever it's, it's done. Home. I mean, it's done.
1: <laughs> right. That's right. So we, you know, we know that we're going to recommend that we have um, plenty of KN95 masks for any student coming in after they had been out for the, with with, uh, COVID. But um, that's going to be, again, that's not, we're not going to be spending our time chasing down, you know, and who has uh, COVID and who doesn't. And I mean, some of that is is medical information. So Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to just go along with that, and then the other only other one that is is the nurse's office. the The recommendation is is that when you go into health offices, that if a youngster doesn't feel well, they should put on one of the masks. will be available right at the the door of the nurse's room when they go in to see the school nurse, because there are going to be there will be other students in that office that may be ill. So they're recommending that any health office wear a mask. So we'll have those available for the youngsters should they need them and but I don't see that as a major issue. We're going to continue for a little bit longer on some of our testing. We still yeah. have our drive-through and that's a convenience for our families. We did that, you know, just to make it a little bit easier on uh on our on our families. But we also have kits so if a youngster doesn't feel well they they might suspect he has a positive case. Don't know that, but we're gonna. We have available some uh, some test kits. The youngster can take home and they can do the test at home. Oh, so that's cool. that will help. And just trying to figure out ways to um, um, to to help the families out. We also have pool testing. I, I think you and I may have talked about that early on. Pool mm-hmm. testing allows us to test uh, groups of students. Um, if somebody comes up positive, then we give everyone a rapid test. Um, we found a few kids uh, this week um, in, in some of the testing that had positive. And so we were able to quickly isolate those youngsters, which is one of the thing reason why we're staying with it a little bit longer so that we don't have any outbreaks at school.
0: Yeah, they'll be very interesting to track, especially over the coming weeks to see. It's The data out there has been really sketchy to put it nicely <laughs> with regards to how transmission is in schools because some states just haven't been masking at all you look down at florida or something you go to new york and they're masking but to me just anecdotally the rates are basically the same when it comes through k, through especially k through a the teenagers are a little more uh it's a different situation with regards to being symptomatic or not so that, that'll be really interesting to, to track going forward for at least a while
1: well, we saw our we saw obviously saw our numbers drop dramatically. I mean, dramatically, yeah. and um, you know we're talking now one, two, maybe three cases in a week or something like that. So we know that, but if we we will continue with some of our pool testing uh, in our schools, and we'll we'll work on that probably for another week. We'll look at the data, see what what the results are, and then decide whether to continue. But it's really a service to help to identify it. Um, so I think we've managed to get through it. We're delighted that things have calmed down because, I, you and again, that's something that you and I have talked about, is we need our kids in school every day. Yes. You know, in January, there were youngsters that were out because they got COVID and then somebody in their home got COVID and they were out for extended period of time. Some kids missed 20 days. I, you know, 20 days was a month. And we in school 10 months, 10 percent of their of their education was was uh, uh, they missed. And, you know, you can give them so much take home work, but it's just not the same. You know, that teacher is really the key to the to the work. So,
0: yeah, I mean, you consider like my second grader, this is his first full year Right. Of, of elementary school I, he he's we're, we're very lucky to i got a stay-at-home wife who is, was able to make sure through through all this that he was getting his learning and supplementing with what she she was uh, putting into addition i'm very very thankful that uh, we we were in a situation to do that but most families especially nowadays and in, in a city don't have that opportunity
1: that's right we we um as we when we came back we did a lot of screening on our students so we screened their math and their reading skills and mm-hmm. Um, Especially with our young students, our K-1-2 students, we saw learning gaps. You know, those were the initial how to read, you know, the phonics, uh, the vocabulary, the comprehension, their numbers, and, you know, things like addition, subtraction, place value, all of those things, they were, it was, it was, uh, there were skills missed. So, Uh, Using our ESSA money uh, funds that we got from the federal government, we continue to have extra hands, all hands on deck, so to speak, um, so that we can have uh, folks in the building working with uh, our students. And we're going to keep some of those folks for another year because we felt very strongly that it was going to take us that long to make sure that all of our youngsters get back on grade level.
0: Yeah this is going to be there's so many aspects to the pandemic where where I've looked I've, t- I've spoken to various industry experts and they all said like we Right now, we're trying to get by. We're trying to make sure that we cover as much ground as we can, with regardless of the industry and government policies and everything. But it'll be really interesting to see in five years what the implications are of everything that's happened. And Congress School District is is, is great. Like that, you guys are putting the staff in. They've got the technology to make sure everything's there. That are hopefully we can. Make up as much as we can, but this is going to be an, an education industry wide issue that especially the kindergartners, that the first graders, the second graders, they're wearing mastering during this is very important time when you get speech development, especially right. and how they talk, how they write, how they communicate with each other. And this will be this will be interesting data to track
1: yeah and we will, and we do that anyway, you know we track student progress, so that's gonna that'll help us the other- the other side of that, of course, is you know the kids had been isolated away from their peers, away from social interactions, so we're also doing a lot of work in that area, you know, just just good make helping them with good decision making and Um, And all the social emotional things that come into play when you come to school, you know, and learning, learning to walk down the the hallways and not just run or not, you know, all the simple things that you don't think about, you know, how is it to carry your lunch tray and and your milk at the same time? And I I know people don't think about it, but all of the kids missed a lot of that. And so Mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're having to reintroduce many of those skills. Uh, but I, I, we've seen great progress. Um, what we do in the district, we run these data meetings. So we had one in the fall. I've got uh, seven more scheduled uh, in, over the next week, uh, next two weeks. And uh, I meet with the principals and we look at the data. How did they do? What was their growth? How did their reading improve? How did their math improve? Um, I look at discipline data. And um, we also look at attendance data. Because those are all the things that are going to help us as we move forward.
0: Uh, I'm assuming you interact with other superintendents in the state to some extent. I mean, are you are, are other especially more rural communities going to be able to do what the city's able to do with this?
1: Yeah, well, we're very fortunate, as you know, in the city. We, you know, we have a school board that's been very supportive, um, and in terms of um, anything that we needed to support our our students and our families. And so we have, you know, a staff. They supported a. We have a, a new homeless liaison. It was a grant, but we have a new position to help us support our homeless. We've we've discovered a, a number. Our numbers have increased in that area. Uh, they've also we also have a director for student wellness, and um, so she's working on all the social emotional, um, working with our uh, all grade levels and our staff. Uh, so we're very fortunate in that respect, and the resources are available to us. And in the city, we have a lot of partners. Right. You know, there are there are organizations throughout the city that step up time and time again to support our schools. So. I, you know, I in some ways the rural districts really struggle because, um, because they may not have the resources at hand like we do in Concord.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, send them my way. I'm more than happy to promote them as much as I can. Yeah. I th- it's yeah. very important. It's we're, we are very lucky, especially in being in the capital city. There's so many lobbying organizations that yeah. actually have, uh, that actually do outreach work in addition to that. So, um so that that's that's great to have those resources um so uh, uh, another huge thing that the pandemic brought to light is technology gaps when it came to k-12 education uh resources available the university stepped up with their iLearn program so uh, they're slowly starting to get schools that are switching over to use canvas so there's a legitimate learning management system i mean what are some takeaways that the concord school district um ha- has Uh, has observed at this point, and looking forward, are there some plans to further implement um, online resources?
1: Well, you know, they, from the, from the very beginning, they were, you know, they had a robust plan to address all the technology needs across the city, you know, and we were very, very sensitive to the fact that we knew that some folks, you know, had resources at home and others didn't, so we had to be sensitive to that. What does their internet look look like so you know we worked with Comcast and made sure that people had internet connections uh, we used things like Khajiit, which would you know give them instant uh, internet access um, if somebody didn't have computers or the or the, or the wires and all the things that you need they ran the buses out to the to the neighborhoods to make sure that um, folks had that uh, I think we learned a lot about the effectiveness of remote learning. We clearly know that some youngsters did, for, did very well with remote learning, um, but there are other youngsters that was really a challenge for. So remote isn't the answer for education, um, but it's, um, it's an alternative. It's, a, it's something that can be useful uh, when when necessary. Uh, we also learned a lot about materials and what to use. So this year in our budget, we're a- better able to budget for those kinds of applications that will be helpful for as learning tools. The, the, our students are very adept at, at technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're incredible, really, when you think about it. So um, I think we've, the, that uh, the, the gaps are have really closed in terms of uh, their ability. And quite frankly, so have in our teachers. You know, there were a lot of teachers that weren't uh, initially very comfortable with that. I mean, that was a whole new game for them. You know, they're face-to-face, they interact in a very um, uh, close way with their students. And so having to to interact over a screen was really hard. They had to learn a lot. I mean, and then they went from um, asynchronous just posting um material to having you know uh zoom meetings with Mm -hmm. the youngsters um and then they they went one step further where they had kids at home and then they had kids in in face to face so they went through an incredible transmission transition in what 15 months
0: yeah
1: um and so but those skills stayed with them right now they're very adapt. So it helped not only did it help our students, but it helped our staff.
0: Yeah, how are you going to be able to expand on that going forward for professional development or other ways for teachers to continue to learn, especially as this technology is continuing to change? Think back to what Zoom looked like two years ago. They've got so many they've been all yeah. these online services have been poaching each other's resources over time to really right. make some more robust right. tools. But uh, right. obviously they need that training.
1: Well, this year, you know, we really focused on upgrading all of our systems, to our routers and uh, mm-hmm. th- that work. So we we are proposing quite a bit to make sure that we can stay up with the speed and internet speed. and And it's important because as these tools change, so don't the needs of the of the internal system, the infrastructure, if you yes. will, of the system. So we're spending some um some some dollars there to make sure that we can stay ahead of it. We are looking at Canvas. We we, um, we, we have talked about that. Um, we're on a list to begin to explore what that, those possibilities are because, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an advantage for us. There are some really neat tools that um, would enhance us through grading systems, um, through things like Discovery, Zoom. All of those components are part of the Canvas platform, so we're looking at that. Yeah that's that's great to
0: hear especially I mean any parents out there they're like like why the hell do we care about this I mean ultimately when your when your student gets into college they get into the tech anything especially after K through 12 there are heavily reliant on using canvas or blackboard or any of these services and if you're in new hampshire it's uh especially with the university they're entirely on canvas uh, and which means the tech is going to be on canvas if they're not already so a majority of the higher education institutions will be using these tools
1: Right. And I, you know, we need to prepare. We need to prepare our students for that. And that preparation doesn't start just in high school, by the way. It starts right down with our with our younger students and being able to access the resources that they need for learning. Um, We don't just stand and deliver uh, with youngsters anymore. You know, our teachers are facilitators of learning. And so those um, technology tools are really important.
0: Kathleen Murphy, superintendent of the Concord School District. Thank you so much for joining me today and talking about this, and um, uh, for really uh, putting our putting the students forward in the city.
1: Thank you. Always good to see you, and thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. You're listening to New England taking WKXL on 1450 I'm 103.9F in Concord and 101.9F in Manchester. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. We'll be right back after this.